Sometimes I like to imagine the world after us, the strange mammals that will emerge, the abundance of biodiverse plant life taking over our fields and factories and so on. I don't think this world will be better. I maintain that we are the most interesting thing to happen on Earth, and there is real beauty and meaning in our curiosity and compassion, even as we also cause and witness so much suffering. But at any rate, there will be a world after us, after each of us. And that's why there's life insurance. It exists to provide a financial safety net to those who love and count on you. Policy Genius's technology makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from America's top insurers in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. So save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Policy Genius. Because there will be a world without us. Dear Hank and John. Or as I prefer to think of it, Dear John and Hank, live it's, and in person. It's a podcast where two brothers answer your questions, give you devious advice, and bring you all the week's news from both Mars and AFC Wimbledon. John, yeah. how do you... Our, my father-in-law had a great dad joke. Well, yeah. He had a really good dad joke at Thanksgiving dinner. And I was thinking maybe you could just use that one. Which one was that? He said, um, if you've heard this one before, please hesitate to stop me. <laughs> which, which I found, uh, one, it's clearly something he says a lot. Yes. Uh, which makes it it's sort of a meta joke, because if you've heard this particular dad joke, still. Right, right. Um, and then also, um, I found it very confusing. Oh, and no. I was in, it, unable to listen to the first part of the story because I was thinking about what the heck that meant. That's what I love about it. I love it because <laughs> it's the truth of what people are really thinking when they say, if you've heard this one before, right. stop me, which is, I really want to tell this one. Yeah. And my well, desire... Well, also, who's going to stop them? No one's going to stop them. Yeah. So, listen, if we sound a little weird, other than the fact that I have a frog in my throat, and I don't mean that metaphorically... I want you all to envision that. So listen, if we sound a little weird, it's because Hank and I are in the only space that we could find where we could be alone. <laughs> and it's a pretty echoey little... We uh, thought about doing it outside, but it's cold. Yeah, I mean, I guess I would describe where we currently are as a as a large shed. Its original yeah. purpose was as a potting shed for, like, plants. Mm-hmm. So I would describe our current location as a shed with a window. Yeah, it's got a window and it's got um, all hard walls and floors. <laughs> it is the opposite of what you want when you're recording. They, yes. they tell you to record in a really small space, like a closet that's full of textiles. Yeah, soft. We yes. are in a very small space. In that sense, we have succeeded. But there is it's nary... Just, it's just too big enough. Nary a textile to be found. No, yeah, we'd have to build a little tent around ourselves. This is how they do record radio app. 
So yeah, this is if it sounds familiar, we're we're bringing you that kind of high quality radio lab vibe that you've come to expect from Dear Hank. You know, a lot of people would have to work really hard in their audio software to create the very reverb you're experiencing right now. Exactly, the room tones. (laughs) When people are like trying to convey the vibe of a mid-2000s really low-quality podcast, Mm -hmm. they have to work so hard in Pro Tools to do what we're just doing naturally. Yeah, look at us. We are ahead of the curve. Thanksgiving has been lovely, John. Thank you for hosting us in Indianapolis. Yeah, it's been great. Um, And I love to watch... Mostly it's just seeing the cousins be cousins. What? So great. What was, we had a lovely Thanksgiving. There was absolutely no drama at the Thanksgiving dinner table. Conversation was easy and fun. But I always think about Thanksgiving's past, where it hasn't always been the case. Do you have any memories of childhood stressful Thanksgivings? Oh, probably. But I, d- I don't connect them to the holiday, though. Oh, I, d- I have like Thanksgiving dinner stress memories because when we were kids we'd always have to go around the room and say what we were thankful for Mm -hmm. and i feel like dad's dad our grandpa would always like say that he was thankful for something that was a little bit um that he wasn't thankful for (laughs) you know (laughs) that was like the passive aggressive version of gratitude Uh where he would be like well i'm thankful for my health what i have of it yeah and I'm I'm thankful I'm thankful for this son, and I won't mention the other one. <laughs> yeah, that kind of vibe. Yeah, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings who might be listening. Um, well, he's not. You don't know that, Hank. That's true. <laughs> one of my big fears is that they have podcasts in the afterlife, but it's only the podcasts we're making. You know, right? Like, wouldn't that be terrible? You get to heaven and like everything's good except for the only media that's available is Dear Hank and John. Well, yeah, they do it that way intentionally so that you don't, so that you don't like spend all your time consuming content. They got like five episodes of Gotta Delete go This. Skiing. They got the worst Anthropocene reviewed, and then the rest of it's just the entire library of Dear Hank and John. That's yeah, all you got. Yeah, yeah. And you're just like, oh god, I miss the McElroys. <laughs> <laughs> We just had a nice we just had a nice few minutes of using croquet mallets mm-hmm. to destroy ice. Yeah, destroy the upper surface of a pond. That was a I mean, I felt like the kids could have done that for hours if we let, let Yeah, them. we we might have lost some fingers. I was very cold. And Oren looked like he was going to go in at any moment. Uh, yeah, he he does not have he does not have the edge of pond balance that one yeah. one really needs yeah. to be smashing ice with a croquet mallet and then leaning over to grab the pieces out of it and I'm like wow <laughs> Catherine's gonna be really mad at me when I rush in with this boy with his blue legs Henry was really funny about it because Henry was like you know I was about that age when I fell into this <laughs> pond while hitting ice with a croquet mallet and let me tell you it was cold. <laughs> Yeah, I was. I was like, I was always in like the mental scenario planning. Like, if he fell in yeah. now, what would I do? Yeah. If he fell in now, yeah. what would I? I do? mean, to be clear, the pond is a foot deep. Yeah. And yeah, it was going to be fine. We're, we're close enough to. Uh, we were close enough to uh, warmth. Warmth. That yeah. We, it would have been fine. It, it just would have been. It would have been a, a father failing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want to be in that situation. No. 
But at the same time, you do want to destroy ice with a croquet mallet, and that is the great dilemma <laughs> yeah. of being a dad. Uh-huh. All right, Hank, let's answer some questions from our listeners, beginning with this one from Justin, mm-hmm. who writes, Dear John and Hank, I have been stuck inside of a Marshalls for 40 minutes. Oh, you've come to the right place. Yeah. If you want to talk to somebody who knows what it's like to be stuck inside of a box store for a long time. Yeah. Hank Green is the expert. I have that expertise. I also have seen that one movie where the guy gets stuck in Target for a night and he falls in love. Oh, sure. With Natalie Portman? Or is that a separate movie about a person who gets stuck inside of a box store? That's all I remember about the plot. I don't remember any of the characters. I feel like it's a problematic movie, but I can't remember why. (laughs) You know, it's that kind of thing. Google auto filled it for me. No, no, no. This one is a stuck in Target movie. I remember vividly that it's a Target. This is very, this is weird that this is such a common theme in media. It's called Where the Heart Is. No, no, no. That's not what I'm thinking about. This one is called Career Opportunities. (laughs) I think they got different vibes. It was written by John Hughes. Oh, wow. And uh, it was, it had Jennifer, uh, what's her face in it? Uh, Connolly. From uh, oh, sure. a Beautiful Mind. From and a Beautiful... That's what you think of for Jennifer Connelly. Wasn't that... Didn't she win an Oscar for that film? I don't know. I believe she did. So that's why I think of her. Because she won an Oscar. I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking to see if she won an Oscar. Awards and nominations. Most known for Labyrinth. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Um, She's she, not in this movie, John. Liter- she is in the movie Career Opportunities. Well, it's not in her top nine. Well, of course it's not. It, it, it's, the movie is called Career Opportunities. I'm the only person oh, who's seen it. Oh, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the other movie. The movie that she thinks she won an Oscar for. A Beautiful Mind that she did win an Oscar for, by oh, the way. Oh, you're right. That's her fourth. That's yeah, fourth she won an Oscar, okay? Anyway. Well, she's also in Snowpiercer. None of this is relevant to the <laughs> Career Opportunities discussion I'm hoping to have. Okay. All right. Here's the movie, Hank, as I remember it. I'm going to try to pitch it to you, having remembered now the fact that they're in a Target and uh-huh. what the title is, but uh-huh. nothing else. Yeah. All right. So there's this guy, and I think he's, like, working in Target, and he's the night cleanup boy. And then the this girl is, like, stuck inside of Target. She, like, ends up there somehow. They close the store without her noticing. And she's uh-huh. sort of, like, spoiled and crappy and then, oh, and then they, like have they a, find they out like, that deep down they're kind of the same person. Why doesn't he just let her out? Um, and then I think they run away to oh. California because she has like $100,000 on her. Oh. Yeah. And then I don't remember how it ends, but it ends. They end up happily ever after. Mm. And there's some corruption involved. Maybe her dad is the mayor and he's a bad... I don't remember. Um. <laughs> um, it, the, the, uh, where the heart is, Natalie Portman uh, isn't stuck in the Walmart. She just figures out how to live in the Walmart. Oh, okay. After being abandoned by her uh, boyfriend when she's 17 years old and pregnant in Oklahoma. Oh, wow. Secretly moves into the store. Eventually, this attracts media attention with the help of her friends. She makes a new life for herself in the town. Everybody sort of is like, you know, we actually think you're pretty great, Natalie Portman. Wow. So is it good? Do, I don't. I mean, 
Look, I am so unaccustomed to media these days. This is what I learned during Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. Anything gets me. I haven't watched a full movie <laughs> in four or five years. So just reading that synopsis made me like start to choke up. I want the, the commercials <laughs> during the Macy's Day Parade. I cried four times. <laughs> Okay, some more facts about career opportunities. Hank, real quick. It's 83 minutes long. This, uh-huh. this movie is apparently not, not as good as I remember. Um, John Hughes, who wrote the film, uh, called it a huge disappointment. And part of the reason that he kind of like left Hollywood and abandoned it all to wow. go to a reforestation project in his native Illinois. Yeah. Um, and said, suddenly I'm a commodity. If Home Alone hadn't come out, my name wouldn't be on career opportunities four times. So <laughs> it was sort of the thing that caused um, him to Salinger. Wow. Um, and the director <laughs> himself, uh, <laughs> the director himself did not seem to like the movie very much. <laughs> the, only, the only person who really is a huge fan of it is uh, 11-year-old me. Right. All right. So well, there we go. That is the not the answer to the question. That was only the first. It wasn't even a full independent clause into the question. I've never seen this before. Okay. The Wikipedia page for Where the Heart Is. Yeah. Includes a section called Differences Between Novel and Film. Oh, wow. I and wish that... Man, comprehensive. How, how I wish that section were in every Wikipedia article about a novel really? adapt, adapted into a film. Well, I find that I am often blamed for things um. that where I'm like, uh, <laughs> I didn't. That wasn't. Yeah, people will be like, oh, I hate John Green books. Like this one thing that happened, and I'm like, that didn't happen in a John Green book. That happened in a movie I didn't write. <laughs> You'll survive. I will. That's a great point, Hank. Thank you. (laughs) I'm grateful for my health, what I have of it. (laughs) In the novel, Mary Elizabeth Hull dies in a fire Hmm. at the library. In the film, she succumbs to the complications of her alcoholism. It's a pretty big difference. Whoa, 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 whoa. I thought that this was a lighthearted film about a girl who gets stuck in a Walmart. I think that's her, that's her, like, mom that she, I don't know. All right, let's move on, Hank. Can we... Stuck in a Marshalls. Justin is stuck in a Marshalls. Stuck in a Marshalls with you. And one of our big ambitions for Justin is that he not die either in a fire or (laughs) from complications of alcoholism related to being stuck in a Marshalls. I have been paralyzed by the selection of luggage. That is the question. <laughs> Wait. I, I think I misunderstood the way in which you are stuck in a marshal, but okay. I need advice. Yeah. Hard or soft side luggage? <laughs> Am no. I even at the right I store? I thought you were actually stuck in a marshal's. <laughs> you're not actually stuck in a marshal's. You're just confused by luggage. Should it be expensive, cheap, or somewhere in the middle? Please help. The staff is starting to look at me like I'm being irrational. Pumpkins and penguins, Justin. This is not your fault, Justin. This is society's fault. It is. We are all being irrational because we're being posed with too many choices. Especially around luggage. I here's the thing, Justin, and I find this with jeans, I find it with a lot of things. Either you get something that is really good that you know is going to be good, Mm -hmm. or you get something that's cheap that might be just as good as the good thing. So let me give you an example in terms of luggage. One time, 
Uh, I flew to New Orleans, and I thought that my luggage was flying with me, but it turned out that my luggage was flying to a place that I was never going to find it again. Mm. And as a result, the nice folks at Delta, hashtag not not spawn, but want spawn. (laughs) That's the full hashtag. The nice folks at Delta were like, we're really sorry we lost your luggage. Here's a large check. Oh, wow. For all the stuff that was inside. They're like, we, this is not going to be found. This yes. went into the engine of the plane. Exactly. <laughs> we are pretty sure that uh, your suitcase was dropped from an airplane at 35,000 feet. <laughs> it is now owned by a farmer it's or a contents, walrus. Its contents are <laughs> spread across the ocean. We apologize. Here's uh, $1,100. And so I went to Target to buy a new mm-hmm. suitcase so that I could fly home from New Orleans. Yeah. And I was like, they're not going to get me this time. Yeah. I'm going to get a very inexpensive suitcase. Yeah. So I got a suitcase. For some reason, it's Jeep branded. Like oh, the, wow. car, the, the, the car company. It's a Jeep. A Jeep. It's a Jeep. It's a Grand Cherokee. <laughs> but it's a suitcase. Okay. And I was like, <clears throat> man, I don't have a special loyalty to the Jeep it's, brand. Well, the thing is, it's not, not a Jeep. Jeep. It's not, it is not, a not, Jeep. It's a Jeep. It's a Jeep. I got a Jeep. And it was only $39. I mean, tr- you want to talk about a good <laughs> That's Jeep? That's a Jeep Jeep? Yeah. It's, pre- it's, pretty, it's <laughs> a pretty cheap Jeep. It's a pretty cheap Jeep. So I got this cheap Jeep. And I was like, this is just to get me home from New Orleans. And I no longer even believe that my luggage will come with me. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm packing up this $39 suitcase thinking, ah, this is, you know, probably going to be... Uh, in the ocean pretty soon. Yeah. And it, that was, I know the date. It was January 30th, 2012. That was the day I bought it because it was right at the end of the Fault in Our Stars tour. And I packed up that Jeep suitcase. It did make it back to Indianapolis. Uh-huh. And it is by far my favorite suitcase all these years later. Mm. That yeah. cheap Jeep suitcase. I was just looking at this suitcase. I opened it up. There was a bunch of peeps in it. And I was like, wow, that's a neat cheap Jeep peeps. Ooh, that was very challenging. Hank Hopefully made, Tuna cut out the part where I said it wrong Hank 80 made, times. Hank made Tuna cut out all the parts where he said it wrong. <laughs> but he eventually got to meet Cheap Jeep Peeps, which is really good. Thanks. That's, it's, it's, it was worth the wait. Uh, um, John, uh, I, I, here are... I also... So I had my luggage stolen yeah. once. Yeah. And, I, and I now own a bunch of things that I got at Target, yeah, because I had I had to get luggage, and uh, and every time I look at them, I think about how much that sucked, and I just oh, so <laughs> like, it's kind of got a negative could, vibe for so you. So here, that's one way I've gotten luggage. Here's another one. First, you start in 2007, you become a YouTuber. Yeah, that's actually <laughs> how then, I got my other piece of luggage. And then eventually, like YouTube starts sending you luggage. Yeah. Why does YouTube send me luggage? So YouTube <laughs> sent me a piece of luggage. It's a nice hardback yeah, bag. Nice. I actually like it less than I like my cheap Jeep, but I do like it. Uh-huh. It's nice. I will use the cheap Jeep nine times out of ten. Yeah. But one time out of ten, I'll use the YouTube one. The problem with the YouTube one is that they emblazoned my name on the top of it. And so Sarah used a piece of black electrical tape to cover my name so that it's not quite so mm-hmm. humiliating. Yeah. And now I like it. But I wouldn't I wouldn't oh, use yeah. it for no, the longest mine, time. Mine like has the YouTube logo and it says Hank Green and I use it all the time. Oh I like the black electrical tape. That's, that's cool. how you know it's it, a good look. That's how you know it's yours. I know it's mine because it says Hank Green. Yeah, but I don't want I don't I do not want that. <laughs> 
So the short answer, Justin, is that we don't know. Yeah, I'm not an expert on luggage. I'm an expert at being stuck inside of a box store. <laughs> like, well, you came to the wrong podcast. All right. <laughs> All right. All right, John, this next question comes from Brendan, who asks, Dear Hank and John, in my 20 years of life, I have found that I am easily distracted by things, and as such, I will often forget to do other things. I have found that setting reminders on my phone can be helpful, but then I am looking at my phone, which tempts me to do more distracting, time-wasting things. How do I remind myself to do the things that I need to do without using my phone? Brain cells and brevity, Brendan. Well... I'm sorry, I was on my phone. I gotta tell you the truth. What was the question? <laughs> he wasn't. I, I'm here with him, and I know that that was a lie. Oh, man, you gotta, <laughs> Hank, you gotta let me have some movie magic now and again, okay? It would have worked on a- any other recording of the podcast. Man, I am, I, I am an actor. Okay. And when you try to limit my performance mm. by mm-hmm. trying to make me Aww. hew to what actually happened, yeah. it... It harms my ability to be an artist. All right. Yes, and. Yes. Then I farted. (laughs) No, that's a bad example (laughs) of yes, anding. You have. It's not like you to limit my genius. (laughs) And I'm hurt. I feel like I should tell you the truth, which is that you've hurt my feelings by, by 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 calling out your lies. Yes, yeah. Isn't that always the truth though? When people lie, like they uh-huh. they try to turn towards oh, something God. where it's like, man, why did you hurt me uh-huh. by calling attention to the fact that I just lied? Have I ever told you the weirdest moment like that I ever had in my life? No. Where I was sitting on my porch, my back porch, yeah. which is like had a shared courtyard with my back door neighbor. We were all renters. Uh-huh. And my landlord was over like doing the lawn. And uh, and, he, and he said to my back door neighbor, did you rip out all the flowers in the back? And he was like, the weeds? And my landlord was like, no, there's a bunch of flowers. And he was like, there were some weeds back there I pulled up. And the guy was like, there were flowers that were planted from the wildflowers that were thrown at my wedding. Wildflower seeds that were thrown at my wedding, and then the, the the guy who pulled up the flowers said, "Well, now you're making me feel bad." <laughs> and I was like, "I'm gonna go inside." <laughs> Why are you making me feel bad? But there's some legit. Uh, like, I understand. Yeah, there's legitimacy to it. I, he is making you feel fil- bad. Yeah. And also, like, I at that point, I would have, I would not have said that I, no. because, like, one. That's not like you don't live there anymore, buddy. That used to be your house, but it's not anymore. Yeah, yeah, it's not your house anymore. Yeah. Well, I would say like I'm. I don't. If I had thrown the wildflower seeds mm-hmm. from my wedding, yeah, I would have said, "Oh, that's a real bummer." Um, those seeds are from my. I don't. I, I no, might have said. Wouldn't something. have said anything. I might. I might have. I might have because I might like when you're in that space of anger and resentment, it's hard not to express it. Yeah, I guess. But I also might have been like, well, now you're making me feel bad about pulling up those weeds. Yeah. And like we had a different definition of what a flower is. And that's a that's a big that's a big deep thing. Uh-huh. Like what is a weed? Yeah. It's a category. And like every other category, it's the theme of Dear Hank and John. There is not a one-to-one relationship <laughs> yeah. between categories some, and language and reality. Yeah, some people think something's a weed, some people think it's not a weed. That's so true. Yeah. And it's true not just of plants. This guy, this guy, I did disagree with him on almost everything. So I was, I was want to side with my landlord because he had said several really objectionable things to me in the past. 
Yeah. I'm going to give John an example. We're going to cut it out. Yeah, the story Hank just told me made me somewhat less sympathetic to the neighbor and more sympathetic to the landlord. <laughs> I have... My, my loyalty has shifted. Um, but look, that was, a, that was a separate incident. Yeah, but my loyalty has shifted. So, Hank, I'm going to pull us back to the question, mm-hmm. but I'm going to point out that the tangent we just went on is a great example of how easy right. it is it's to so, get... so easy to get distracted. It's so easy to get distracted and to move away from the question at hand, which is, how do I not get distracted? Mm-hmm. Do you see that squirrel? There's a bird there, too. Oh, Things yeah. That's a little... You know what, you know what that is? That's, not, you know what that not, bird is I'm called? It's, no, it's called a... It, that's a chickadee. That wasn't a chickadee. That was a chickadee. 100%. Should I yes and you're wrong being wrong about a bird? Chickadee dee dee. I just I heard it singing, thing, but that wasn't a chickadee. It was. It was not. It was like at least twice as big as a chickadee. Well, and it did not have a chickadee cap. Maybe you've it got a, your little. It had a crest, which maybe, chickadees don't have. Maybe you've got your weird little miniature chickadees in Montana that you think you are got, the only chickadees on earth. You've got but the I'll, big boys here. I'll tell you for a fact that's just a big, big old chickadee. They call it a biggity. Biggity, biggity, He's a chonker. How do you not get distracted? <laughs> um, the. I mean, do you know how I do it? How do you do it? I say to myself, if I don't do this right now, mm-hmm. it will not get done. And then I make that decision. Yeah. And sometimes I make the decision, this will not get done. Right. And it will and it will happen at a later time when I am reintroduced to it, probably by someone who I'm letting down. Yeah. I mean, my, my basic strategy is to try to do what's in front of me. Yeah. But Oof. it's really hard. It's hard. Yeah, because what's in front of you can change very rapidly. Yes. Uh, but Especially I, if you open your phone. I feel like, well, my, my, my way of dealing with that is to really try to minimize the number of pickups associated with my phone. Mm-hmm. But I, I am sympathetic to the listener's question in the sense that, like, if you need to look at your phone to figure out what time your, this appointment is, yeah. then you're on your phone. Oh, and man. once you've picked it up, it's hard to put it down. I... Can't I cannot do yeah. one thing, and I I can't like I almost never pick up my phone to do something and do it right because before I get to the thing or I'll do it, but mm-hmm. then I'll be Ooh. like, well, while I'm here, I wonder I if, if it's my turn in scramble. Yeah, I don't know if you have um, the voice person that you can talk to Siri. Yeah, yeah. Well, I well I the the question asker because oh. I, I don't know if they do. Yeah, um, and it might not be Siri. It might be Mr. Roboto, uh, the android mascot. Oh, that's pretty cool. That's my, I made that up. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was just guessing. <laughs> um, but, but in that case, uh, I can often make a reminder because you don't actually have to open your phone. Right. You squeeze the button. And right. Then like, Remind me to take my medicine in two hours. Yeah. Yeah. It's so hard, though. Like, I, the other thing I try to do is, is that... If I don't, like, unlock it and, and like, the... So if I don't have my phone right now, what's going to come up? A text message chain, which yeah. is nice. But oftentimes it's Twitter, and in which right. case, I'm gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't have Twitter on my phone, thankfully. I love, I love Twitter. Oh, he's literally doing it. Like, he well, was I just like, wanted to see if I got... If people have been talking about me, John. Oh, God. Okay, stop, stop. Seriously. It's, it's, it's almost... People are sharing mushrooms. Oh, my God. You know what it's like, Hank? What? I'll be honest with you. It's a little bit like watching somebody... No! Go. Don't say it. <laughs> it. It's uncomfortable. 
It was uncomfortable to see you say, but if I open Twitter, it's all over. And then you, it was all over. Like you checked out. I could like the energy in the room changed to a Twitter energy. It was, that was a weird thing to witness. I, I feel like. That's how it works, man. I that's, look. I entered the metaverse. That I was, was surfing the web. That was the most freaked out I've been about technology <laughs> in a couple years, and I've like just I, I read the age of surveillance capitalism. Like I've <laughs> that was me surfing. Oof. You saw my neurons go. It's I a did. Different, it's a different set of neurons involved. I saw your energy change, and then when I saw your energy change, I felt the urge to pick up my mm-hmm. phone. Now we're talking about it, which is weird. Mm-hmm. I reached for my phone. Yeah, you did. Oh God! <laughs> Look, it all gets much. It gets much easier to deal with when you let go of the idea that we are in control. Like I am in control sometimes. I don't know that it gets easier to deal with because I don't respectfully. I don't know that you're doing a better job of dealing with it oh, than no, I am. I don't mean. I don't mean doing a better job of being an internet person. Yeah. I mean doing <laughs> being less stressed out about it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I, I want to How I learned to stop worrying. I, and love the bomb. I want to <laughs> worry about it. I, I think I, I don't, don't want to just give in. I think that's the improper response to be like, well, what are you going to do? Uh, time to. Jack Dorsey is in control of my life. Time to cede my consciousness to, to the Jack. internet. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to try to stay concerned. I feel like that's the last, mm-hmm. last great hope I have. All right. Do you see all the uh, dead ladybugs on the ground, by the way? Yeah, there's a bunch of them. Yeah, so do you see the little uh, vacuum cleaner in the corner? <laughs> if you want to see more dead ladybugs. The only reason I have that little dust buster uh-huh. is to pick up dead ladybugs before, uh, you know, I like I, I often write in this little uh, shed, t- tiny cold shed. Uh-huh. and. <laughs> and sometimes I'll just be writing and I'll be like, I cannot stand the dead ladybugs anymore. And then I'll, I'll, I'll clean them up. But man, for some reason, this is the, the central Indiana capital of ladybugs. Particularly dead ones? No, no, no. I see, I see live ones all the time. That's how they die, Hank. <laughs> First they live. In fact, isn't that the definition yeah, of... this is how to, how to die. Isn't that the definition of something that is dead? Um, Doesn't it have to have once lived? You you often call Mars a cold, dead rock. So if that's the case, great news. It did. It was once alive. I'm convinced of that. All right. Yeah. But is the moon a cold, dead rock? Ever since humans landed there. (laughs) We've brought life. Put some bacteria on that, boy. I bet we dropped a couple bacteria on that thing. Oh, man. There's bags of poop up there. There's bags of poop up there? There's bags of poop up there. Oh, then we're good. Yeah, it's a cold dead rock. (laughs) Where do you think they leave the poop? It used to just be a cold rock, but now it's a cold dead rock. Is is the moon cold? Uh, It's half halvesies. It's sometimes real hot, sometimes real cold. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've had relationships like that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh... You know, uh, the fact that we laugh at, each, at our own jokes so much, it's really how comedy works best. Yes, uh, that's... <laughs> <laughs> you always see the pro stand-up comics doing that. Just, where they just, just like, like buckle yeah, in half. <laughs> <laughs> I, was re- I really think that one was a good one. I don't know if you thought it was funny, but I did. 
Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's always the great stand-up comics have to use their own laughter to remind the yeah. audience that it was a joke. See? Okay. Someone's laughing. The this next question, we have no idea how to not get distracted. This next question comes from this is the theme of today's episode. It's harder. Is, we don't know. It's harder. We don't know. <laughs> Patrick writes, what, uh, hey, John and Hank, if I want my remains after I die to be preserved and eventually fossilized, where would be the best place to put them? Ideally not dead yet. All the best, Patrick. Svalbard. Really? Yeah, places like that. Dry, cold places. What about boggy places, like a nice bog? If you could get into a peat bog, then yeah. that definitely works. Yeah. Um, uh, but, like, you got to get in the right part of the, like, the deoxygenated part of the peat bog. Sure. Um, so you could get injected down in there. You need some kind of, uh, yeah. Be great if there was like one of those things they have at the bank that goes, oh yeah. It sucks up the, your like deposit slip, but yeah. like for dead bodies and just like shoots them into peat bogs. Yeah. And then would the idea be to be fossilized so that later people could look at you and learn about humans of the 21st century? Or would the idea be to be fossilized so that you become oil? Because that's my dream. You want to be is oil? To one day, I, I would like one day to provide 32 miles of travel to one minivan. <laughs> I don't know if I could get that much out of you. You got to have a dream, Hank. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Because you, you, we would have to wait like several million years, right? It would be a while. Yeah. Cause well, we're, yes. We're using like dinosaur trees now. I'm just wondering how many calories are in a gallon of gas. Hmm. Great question. And I'm sure one that Google knows the answer to. So there are 30,000 calories in a gallon of gasoline. Okay. So. And I think you probably got 30,000 calories in you. I'd like to think I do. After that Thanksgiving dinner. How many calories in a person? <laughs> That's, I mean, the good. thanks oh. for doing that on my Wi-Fi network. Great. <laughs> FBI is going to love that. Uh, yeah, yeah. You got like four gallons of gas in you. Great. All right. You could, you could get that minivan 100 miles or so. Awesome. Great. What was the question? <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> but I think that's a fascinating stat. All right, Hank, this question comes from Grace. He writes, Dear John and Hank, I'm What almost, was the question? I don't, it doesn't matter. I'm almost 18 and I'm coming into young adulthood and I'm finding that growing up means spending more and more time alone. I have my license now, so I tend to get around on my own rather than with my mom and dad, and I find it quite lonely. How can I, used to get, how can I get used to doing things on my own that I used to do with company? DFTBA, Grace. Grace, at first it's hard, but like so many other things, eventually you learn to really, really love it. Like, I'll give you an example. When I used to feel really anxious when I would go out to dinner by myself, mm. you know, I would mm -hmm. be like, what are people thinking? Yeah. But then I would bring a book uh -huh. and I would be like, oh my God, I can't believe I got this great meal prepared for me and I didn't have to talk to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I did that the other day. I went out to lunch by myself to like a place with a, a, like a waiter. Oh, wow. For the first time in my life. Yeah. And? Um... It was a bit much. It was not, too much was, for you. It, I was still a little uncomfortable. Yeah. Now there were there were four other people in the restaurant, and they were all alone. Yeah, that so helps. that kind of helped. Yeah. Um, but two of them were sitting at the bar and like talking to the, mm -hmm. the waitress slash mm -hmm. bartender, and uh, and so like that felt like you know that's that's what that's the situation you're in. Um, but you know, I got, I did it and it was delicious and mm -hmm. I love lunch. It's maybe my favorite 
thing. Yeah. No. My favorite thing is family. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Yeah. My second favorite thing is dinner. Mm -hmm. Then lunch. Um, there's so many, there are so many nut hatches out there, John, and none of them are chickadees. Well, there's a bunch of them. I'll make a sort of broad observation to you, Hank, which is that every single nut hatch you're seeing is a chickadee. Yeah, it's a chickadee walking upside down up the trunk of a tree, pecking it. That, that. Have you you met a chickadee, John? It might you, be. They are different birds. <laughs> it might be. They chickadee. are evidently it's different. It's really far away. And the only reason that you think it's a nuthatch is because you have tiny little Montana chickadees because there is nothing for them to eat. So they are like, they're like hummingbird sized because how could they survive? Whereas here we are in a beautiful hardwood forest and the chickadees can become fat and happy and huge, nuthatch sized. <laughs> Also, many of the things you're identifying as a nuthatch are, in fact, falling leaves. That, I don't want to no, criticize your bird not, watching. That's not what But you've not said not there happening. are so many nuthatches, there and what there actually bunch, are there are falling leaves. There aren't a bunch right okay. now. They all went away. All right. Anyway, it reminds me that today's podcast is brought to you by Indiana's Chickadees. Indiana's Chickadees. The chonkiest chickadees this side of Mississippi. This podcast is also brought to you by our grandfather, who is grateful for his health. What he has of it. <laughs> Today's podcast is also brought to you by the stand-up comedians who laugh at their own and jokes for so long to remind you that you should laugh at them. The stand-up comedians who laugh at their own jokes. Now see, that That's is a Robin. Robin. <laughs> <laughs> now I know what that one is. <laughs> Okay. And this podcast is also brought to you by Career Opportunities. It sent John Hughes to the woods. (laughs) It turned out to be the opposite of a career opportunity. (laughs) Hank, we have a Project Frost message to read from AJ and Victoria to Dear Baby. Oh, this is a great Project Frost message, Hank. I want you to prepare to tear up a little bit. Dear Baby, welcome to the world. In all its beautiful shades of gray, in all its nuance and complexity, we can't wait to see you grow, to help you explore your curiosity, and to teach you to hope and love. We want to show you a world where mothers and babies like you are safe and healthy no matter where they are born, and because we are human, we selfishly hope you learn to love science and art like us. No matter who you are, we love you. We have no doubt you won't forget to be awesome. Love your parents. Oh, gosh. And that's so that's beautiful. That's a really good one. And so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that with us. Welcome to the world, baby, baby AJ and Victoria. That's what I'm calling the baby. AJ and Victoria? Junior. <laughs> <laughs> This episode of Dear Hang John is brought to you by Thrive Market. Thrive Market is there to help you maintain the kinds of habits that you want to have. For me, I need to have the right kind of food in the house or I will eat whatever. Oreo recently sent me some free fancy Oreos. They were weird. I ate all of them. I ate all of them in a week and it was a problem. I can't do that. I need to have healthy, good stuff in the house and Thrive Market can help you have healthy habits. It's a great go-to for all your grocery and household essentials and the convenience of getting everything online and then like just quickly shipped to the doorstep. It's a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with great ingredients and sourcing methods. They got Amy's, Banza, Burt's Bees, Trobani, Honest Kids, Kind, Mike's Hot Honey, Oatly, Olipop, Poppy, Salt, 
I've never heard of salt, but it's got two A's in it, so it has to be good. And as a Thrive Market member, you can save money on every single grocery order. On average, you can save over 30% every time. And they also have a deals page that changes every day. When you join Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order, plus a $60 free gift. I enjoyed my $60 free gift. I was surprised by it, and it was the kind of thing I wouldn't have bought. And then now I'm like on the ghee train. They gave me free ghee. And I was like, I don't know what ghee is. But then I was like, oh, this is great. It's like butter, but it's different and more spreadable. <laughs> Go to thrivemarket.com slash dearhank for 30% off your first order plus that free $60 gift. That's thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash dearhank, thrivemarket.com slash dearhank. So listen, your toilet is massively gross, like it's grosser than you think. In fact, bacteria and viruses can hang around in the toilet bowl even after multiple flushes. And I recently found the easiest way to clean my toilet, Blue Land's Sustainable Toilet Cleaner Tablets. Just drop, watch it fizz, brush, and flush. It is truly that simple. No more scrubbing for hours. Plus, the tablets are plastic-free. Blue Land is on a mission to eliminate single-use plastic by reinventing cleaning essentials to be better for you and for the planet with the same powerful clean that you're used to. Blue Land products are effective and affordable, and their toilet tablets are proven to work on a wide range of toilet stains, including rust, mineral deposits, lime scale, and hard water. And you can even get more savings by buying refills in bulk or setting up a subscription. Blue Land has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, you can get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash dearhank. You won't want to miss this blueland.com slash dearhank for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash dearhank to get 15% off. All right. Hey, we have another question from Nicole. And since I've become really interested in astrophysics, I wanted to ask this question because I think I might know the answer to it, but only might. Okay. Nicole writes, Dear John and Hank, how do we know that the universe is expanding? How can it even expand if matter can't be created or destroyed? Mm. What is expanding? Also, what is causing it to expand? What the heck is expansion? Uh, And how is what we're expanding into just nothingness? Penny for your thoughts, or even maybe a... Nicole. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Got worth it at the end there. That was solid Uh, gold. I think, so like, so, so as far as um, what's causing it to expand, like a lot, there are a lot of questions in there. Yes. The most important one is that we know that it's expanding. How do we know that it's expanding? Because once you, we know that it's expanding, it's like, like that that's that's basically what we know and then we have a lot of like guesses about like why and how and and you know what's what is causing it and like dark energy and and we're confused but we know that it's do you know why we know that it's expanding can you can you do you feel like you can articulate that yes there's been a sudden influx of birds into the tree just oh, as a I was FYI. thinking about the universe the, the reason those we know- birds are expanding the reason we know the universe is expanding is because, well, we have measured it in several separate ways. Yeah. So we we kind of like double, triple know it now. Mm-hmm. But the original reason we knew it was from cosmic background radiation, which is sort of the remnants of the Big Bang. And then since then, we have figured it out because the distance from the stars is getting greater at an accelerating rate. So we don't just know that the universe is expanding. We know that the rate of expansion is accelerating. Yeah, we can look out into the universe and see that 
everything that's pretty far away from us is moving away from us. Yes. And it's moving away from us faster and faster. The farther out we see, the farther it's moving away from us. us. But that doesn't mean that matter is being created or destroyed. It means that everything in the universe that is made of matter is getting further away from everything else that is made of matter. Right. So So like looking from here, it looks like everything's moving away from us. But if you look from somewhere else, it also looks like everything is moving away from that point. Right. And because every, so everything is expanding, which is maybe a better way to talk about it than like the universe is expanding. And so what is it expanding into? And like, like, let's, let's get away from that. The first thing is that like astronomers look and they can see that everything is moving away from everything. Right. Even things that would appear to be moving together away from us. If you were there, they are moving away from each other. Right. That does not mean, though, that matter is being created or destroyed. Because there is... Space is is just getting bigger. Yeah. And space is not matter. No. That is, I think... (laughs) That's the essential thing Uh that's underpinning the question that they're confused about. That, like, there is... There's a lot of space that's made out of at least what appears to be nothing. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just like um, it's just a field, you know. It's yeah. just like the, the, and it's very weird. So like, I have a very like conceptually very easy time understanding like a magnetic field where it's like you put two magnets together mm-hmm. and they stick to each other. Mm-hmm. It's very complicated. Or they get repulsed. Or they can push against each other. Yeah, yeah, and you can feel these things. It's very difficult to understand like sort of like all of the rest of the things. Yeah, it's just sort of perturbations of fields because like matter ends up being just a just a field time and is a way like what time is deep oh, time down is, time is, is the worst just, one time is a measure of things getting further apart from each other uh, kind of time and is getting things, less organized time is things getting less organized and yeah right now getting further apart yeah yeah it's Time is time is really bad. Time like, is super weird. When you when you start to understand how time is under it, like actually functions, it's just it's not satisfying, and it is no. It gets a little warpy. Yeah. Well, it's just the, the when you ask like the question like what time is it in another galaxy like there is no it is they have a their time is different. It's just a different time, and. It seems bad, man. Well, I don't know that it seems bad. It seems very weird. The other thing to understand about astrophysics, and this is also something to understand about viruses and birds and basically everything, Mm -hmm. is that we know a lot more than we used to know. And in the case of astrophysics, we know a lot more than we did even 100 years ago. But we do not know almost everything. We do not know if there are other universes. We do not know what dark energy is. We do not know. We, so we do not really know why the universe is expanding at an accelerating rate. We have great, great guesses, but we don't really know for certain for certain. Mm-hmm. And we don't know. Like the, we, we don't know why anything exists. Yeah, we don't know the answer to the biggest question, yeah. which is why does anything exist 
like at all. We don't know. We don't know the question. The answer to in the a question. lot of different ways. Right, right. We don't know any part of the answer to the question. Why are we here? That's yeah. what I've had to come around to. Mm-hmm. Like we don't know why. We sort of know why life gets more complex over yeah, time yeah, on yeah. Earth. We understand. Life is chemical. Like, that is much easier to understand. But we don't know why the atoms that are inside of our no. bodies exist. No, not at all. In fact, we have good evidence that they shouldn't exist. Or, on average, at least according to what I've read, it makes as much sense for there to be nothing as for there to be something. Yeah. Well, it may. It, yeah. It, it's it's that when the universe sort of came to be, it we don't. I don't know that we know why there ended up being more matter than antimatter. Yeah. By a very small amount. And why is it such a small percentage? Yeah. The universe definitely exists. I'm not sure that we're sure sure of that. <laughs> okay. There are some people who argue that the universe doesn't. This. Something exists. I see a chickadee. (laughs) Well, that I may disagree with. (laughs) You may see a nuthatch that's just perched like a chickadee. The sky, to me, appears to be blue. Yeah, I think, therefore I am... (laughs) Hank, before we get to the all-important news from Mars and AFC Wimbledon, I want to read you this question from Mm -hmm. Brandon, who writes, Dear John and Hank, in my 20 years of life, I've found that I am easily distracted by things. You already did this one. I know, that's why I I thought that was so funny. Do you not think that's funny? (laughs) We barely even made it one sentence into this question. No, I skipped half of it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, There's a dead ladybug right underneath me. All right, Hank, here's a real question. M writes, Dear John and Hank, the other day I was walking my dog. He's a Newfoundland, which is a relatively uncommon breed in my area. Mm-hmm. They're big. I guess M doesn't live in Newfoundland. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how common they are there. People often stop me or roll down their car windows to ask me questions about him, but this person mm. rolled down their front and back seat windows and said, I'll give you $20,000 for that dog. Wow. I had no response then, and after a week or so of thinking about it, I still don't know how to respond. No. What should I say the next time someone offers to buy my dog for $20,000, not selling my newfie? M. You gotta just yell back. That is a violation of societal taboos. Or or just shout back, I feel like you should donate that money to the Humane Society. <laughs> or Or you can get them for less. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, that's what it, that's what it boils down to. Like there's a price for, there's a price on everything, but there's some things you don't ask the price of. Yeah, also I don't think that you can shout from cars at people. Not unless it's a really close friend <laughs> or if you're trying to warn somebody about sure. something that's, like okay. if you're like, "Hey, your tire's going down." Yeah. That you can do. I did that recently. That was I was outside of a coffee shop having my coffee, and a person pulled up, and one of their tires was flat. And I like went in front of them, and I and I was like, "Hey," and they're like, "What?" And I was like, "Your back tire." And she was like, "Are you Hank?" <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, yes, "Yes," and and your tires flat. <laughs> um, I also think that you can scream at a stranger from a car mm-hmm. if. 
they are wearing a, a hyper specific T-shirt that you relate to. Mm. So let, let me give you an example. If somebody's wearing a Liverpool T-shirt, oh, I right. can't scream at them. Yeah. But if somebody is wearing an AFC Wimbledon t-shirt yeah. in Indianapolis, Hyper specific. you can bet your bottom dollar I'm going to roll down my window and say, hey, I love your AFC Wimbledon t-shirt. Well, how fast are you going? I'm stopping the car in this situation. <laughs> <laughs> I've just met my new best no, friend. No, you know? if you, if, what, if you, what, what's a, what, what would you say to a person who's wearing a Liverpool shirt? You're like, go dogs. Uh, you probably might say you'll never walk alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be. I think you could yell that from Maybe. a moving car. You'll never walk alone, especially if like is it if it's another forty-five-year-old man. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, like that, on the same like right. in the same like level if you're in with this, them. The the same about approximate time of life. Yeah, of course. You can't yell at anyone who's like more than ten years younger than you, yeah. because I don't know what I don't or, know what their norms than, are. Like, Twenty years older, because then it's like I, I think that might be okay. Like, I, like a sixty-year-old, I don't want to scare them. I don't know if a young person yells at me as long as it's nice. I'm, yeah. I'm happy. Uh-huh. But if I, as an old person, yeah, yell know, anything yeah. at you, because I don't know what their rules are. That's right. I don't know what Society's the norms are. Yeah. yeah, there's a power thing. I, maybe I'm not even. I, I don't even maybe. know enough to know. I I stay that. I try to stay the heck out of the way of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, don't sell your dog. Don't sell your dog. Don't yell at people from cars. I once was walking to work and uh, somebody yelled at me, "Get a job." <laughs> <laughs> what a what a terrible person. <laughs> Um, I was what like, a what? miserable, what a miserable soul. Like, yeah. think about, think about how bad their morning must have been. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I just thought it was a lovely day. Yeah. I was so happy that I got to walk to work. Let's spend a little extra time with my thoughts. Yeah. Goodness gracious. And by thoughts, I mean McElroy brothers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You could probably barely hear them over the <laughs> really high audio quality of the <laughs> podcast that you listen to. Compared to this oh, echo shed. chamber. All right, Hank, the news from AFC Wimbledon. Let's yes. let's get let's get to it. Uh-huh. Highly dramatic AFC Wimbledon game uh, on Tuesday against bottom of the league Ooh. crew Alexandria. Uh-huh. We went down one nil, but AFC Wimbledon is genuinely much better this season when down 1-0 than when up 1-0. Yeah. So everybody agreed this is a great development. <laughs> this is exactly what we needed was to give up an early goal mm-hmm. so that the boys can wake up. And sure enough, we did. Uh, we scored three goals oh. in the first half to go 3-1 up. Mm-hmm. Uh, two goals from Ali Palmer, one from Jack Rudoni. Ayub Asal was having a great game. Then... Like, we should have gone up, like, 6-1. We had so many great opportunities. I thought Wimbledon looked really good, admittedly, against the worst team in the league. Uh, But then we gave up a really stupid goal with, like, five minutes left to make it 3-2. And I found the last five minutes of that game just unbearable. Uh, But we won the game. And so now we have 20 points after 17 games and are in 18th place, which is not half bad. We also have a game in hand over most of the teams around us, which is great. So... We won the game. That's the important thing. Mm-hmm. But there was there was high drama yeah. in the last minute. Ayubasal was shown a straight red card for what appeared, from my 
I have to watch on my phone because I can't yeah. get it to work on my TV. Uh-huh. But what appeared from my phone, this is what happened. Uh, so the ball was kicked long. Ayubasal definitely like slightly fouled this one player mm-hmm. uh, in trying to like head the ball because he's yeah. a smaller person. Yeah. He's only like five six, so he tried to head the ball and he didn't quite get there, and he probably fouled the guy. But they both fell over, and then the guy got up and he was very mad and he was like screaming and he headbutted Ayubasal, and Ayubasal like went on the ground and was like, "Man, that guy just headbutted me and it really hurt." And then they gave Ayubasal a red card, and I was like. <laughs> I feel like this is <laughs> definitely like, a mistake. There's, there's no way that this guy headbutted him unless there was a good reason. And then after the so. game, after the game, Ayubasal was given a six-match suspension <gasps> and for spitting on this guy. And everybody was like, I didn't see that. And then in a show of real class, the crew Alexandria player came out after the game and was like, he didn't spit on me. And so the red card was rescinded. Oh. The six-match ban Oof. is off. Ayubasol oh. will be back in action soon. And Wombles everywhere are hugely relieved. <laughs> Holy moly. I know. That's was, something else. It was quite a drama. So we won the game, but we were like, oh boy, we won the game. But at what cost? And it turns out at no cost. Because, <laughs> Just a headbutt. Yeah, still, except, yeah, yeah, except that the other guy probably should have gotten a red card. <laughs> But Maybe. whatever, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, I, I, honestly, I want mm. Crew Alexandria to win the rest of their games. <laughs> so, <laughs> that, that's well done. Be, yeah, well that'd done. be fine good, for us. Good so, conduct. So there you go. Oh, man, uh, that's that the news from AFC Wimbledon. What's going on? What's going on on Mars? I haven't talked to you uh, in like a month about the news from Mars. Um, well, John, the the news from Mars is officially going to turn over for a little while to the news from the James Webb Space Telescope, which oh. will be able to do and will do observations of Mars. If all goes well, um, because Mars is also in space, and the web will be <laughs> the web will be quite well positioned to do some good observations and good good data from Mars. But um, I'll talk more maybe in the future about what that kind of thing will be. And, but at the moment, I just need to talk to you about what's up with Web. So the JWST has gone to uh, its launch location, and they are putting it. They had to put it on a barge. They had to get it there. Uh, it's very complicated. They have got it there, and and I don't know exactly what happened because it hasn't been told exactly what happened yet. But a clamp failed, and there was a quote vibration, um, and a vibration. Look, it's a space telescope that's designed to be launched into space on a giant rocket, so it's it's going to experience vibrations. It's designed to experience vibrations, but there was a vibration that was quote felt throughout the building. Um, and that I'm sure that there was a, a collective, uh, loss of breath in that moment. Um, so you have to be very careful with these things and there is concern about the vibration, but they have done a number of tests. They postponed the launch because of the vibration. Is this like an earthquake? No, this is like a clamp failed and the telescope shifted and then basically knocked but it was caught before oh. before falling. Okay. By another clamp. Okay. So it it shifted and fell. Okay. Now that is a chickadee. I think that was a downy woodpecker. That was not a downy woodpecker. I know. It's just trying to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking I could try to like convince you, but then I was like, I'm, I'm gonna back off. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 
Um, okay. So, so, so there was, so is it going to be okay? Yeah. So they, so they postponed the launch a little bit so that they could check things out. Okay. Um, and look, uh, I don't know how much you can check out once it's sort of all folded up and, and ready to be sent to space. Yeah. Um, but they checked it out and everybody, they gave it sort of a clean bill of health. Okay. Clamped it back up and, uh, and it's, it's on schedule to launch now on December 22nd. Which is quite soon, John. Yeah, it's a huge deal. It's a For those huge of you who don't deal. know, the James Webb Space Telescope will revolutionize our ability to yeah. look at space. Oh, I mean, it's it's like the Hubble, um, but like four or eight or sixteen times bigger or something, um, and uh, it, it is particularly very good at looking at um, uh, like infrared wavelengths of light. Mm-hmm. Um, and that will allow us to see much deeper into the universe than we ever have before, but also close up stuff, maybe do like direct observations of exoplanets, like stuff that we really have never um, even imagined. Uh, but it's a super complicated telescope, and it is uh, unlike Hubble, which you could fix. You can't fix the web, it's going to be out there, um, and it will not, uh, it, it's going to be very far away. Yeah. From us. So we can't we can't go fix it. So if it something goes wrong, it, and it, it's been I have a friend who was working on software for the JWST in two thousand in like nineteen ninety seven. Wow, I think was when he was working on it. Wow, so that was like early like planning stages. But yeah, it's uh, it takes a long time to design these things. Yeah, so, so it's exciting, but also a little terrifying. Oh, yeah, let's talk talk about like worried about Ayubasol. I know. Talk about worried about those last five minutes. Ooh, We're in the last even... five minutes of the web. Yeah, uh, yeah, and... It, and and you don't have uh, forty five other games to save it. Yeah, you got to get it right <laughs> on the first try. It. That's right. Well, Hank, thank you for potting with me. Thanks to everybody for listening. We'll be back next week with probably another reunion episode. Yeah, it might sound a lot like this one. It might sound a little bit better if we could just get the the rest of the people out of the house. (laughs) (laughs) Send everybody on a quick trip. But I kind of like the idea, Hank, of us finding a way to birdwatch next time, too. It's nice. It's because it's just, it's a nice, it's a nice little vibe. Mm -hmm. I think we should start a podcast called Birdwatching with Hank and John, where Hank and John just debate whether it's a nuthatch. Because <laughs> we're definitely the experts. We'd call the podcast Is It a Nuthatch? question mark, and we would never do any research. <laughs> Is that a nuthatch? Works for Joe Rogan. Look, it's a... <laughs> no. Yes. Put that in, Tuna. You heard me. This podcast is edited by Joseph Tuna Medish. It's produced by Rosiana Hals Rojas. Our communications coordinator is Julia Bloom. Our editorial assistant is Deboki Chakravarty. The music you're hearing now and at the beginning of the podcast is by the great Gunnarola. And as they say in our hometown, don't, don't forget, forget to, to be, be awesome. awesome.